Well, good morning, everybody. If I've never met you before, my name is Mike, and this is my wife, Ann. And I get one bullet a year to get Ann on stage, one a year. And Stephanie asked her, and she said yes. And so we get that bullet today because it's a special Sunday. Today is a great day to celebrate moms. Would y'all join me and thank the Lord for the moms that he's put into each of our lives? You know, I was thinking about it this morning. So much of who we are is shaped by our moms. And my mom went home to be with the Lord here a few years ago. But I tell you, her influence in my life will be forever felt. And I know for some of you in this room, um, you may be in that season of, of waiting to be a mom or wondering if that season will come. Or maybe it's a, you're a mom and you've lost a child. It's a hard year for you. But nonetheless... We want to celebrate every lady in this room. So would y'all all stand today? If you're a lady in this room, would you guys stand? So I want to say a couple things to you guys. Number one, God knows each of your stories. You may not feel this way all the time, but you're incredibly valuable to your creator. He knit you together. He fashioned you because women just make the world a better place. It makes it smell better, all right, for number one, but you just make the world a better place. You do, just your presence makes the world a better place. And for some of you, you play a lot of roles. Thank you. And on behalf of our church, we want you to know how valuable you are here. You are special people to this body. And we don't take who you are lightly. And I don't know the season that you're in, but I pray that during this season, you know what you mean to so many people. You're steady, you're consistent. And for many of you, let's just face it, in the world that we live in, you're the ones that are pointing families to Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And we wanna pray over you. So if you've got a special lady sitting next to you, would you just reach up and put your hand on her back? If you don't know her, please do not do that, all right? It's, it's creepy and that will ruin the moment, all right? And Annie, would you mind praying over these to. folks? Father God, I just thank you for each lady standing um, today, God, and whether they're watching online or in True North or in this room, God, I thank you for them. God, I thank you for creating them um, in a unique way for all the talents and their abilities and God, the things they do, they're just such a gift to us. And God, I know um, some ladies today are carrying a heavy burden. God, I pray you will... Um, just remind them that you're walking alongside of them. And God, I pray that um, for those who need encouraged, you will send someone into their life to encourage them. And God, I just, I thank you for the honor that it is to be a mom, God. And I just pray that whether our kids are young and we have a lot of influence in their lives or whether they're grown and left the nest and we just have that little bit of influence, we will use that influence to point them back to you. And God, we just thank you again for these ladies and 
um, just thank you for uh, allowing us to trust in you, hope in you, and um, we just pray a blessing over them today. In your name I pray, amen. Amen. Would you all join me? Let's thank all these amazing ladies around the room. So it's funny, we, we were here early this morning. We do a run through, a full run through every Sunday morning at 8, 10 a.m. So at 8, 10, there's a full, just like we run, we practice everything in the full band, the whole, the whole bit. And Ann was here. Like I said, I get one bullet a year and I'm, so, I'm gonna maximize the bullet. And I'm like, you gotta be there at 745. And she's like, oh. But anyway, so she came very willingly. And so we were practicing all of it. And so during that time, she prayed. Of course, there's nobody in the room. And one of the things she prayed was that all of you on your way to church, that it would be smooth this morning. There would be no arguing in the cars. There would be no angst in the family. And so we prayed that. And I was thinking, you know, I'm blessed because Ann and I have been married 30 years and we have never had an argument on the way to church. Can you believe that? We've never ridden together. But anyways, we've never had an argument on the way to church. So I just wanna, we'll keep that intact. All right, so I want you to take your Bibles. If you would turn to Acts, Acts chapter 18 is where we're gonna be today. We've been in this series, gosh, dating back to last fall when we began this journey through this incredibly important book that God's tucked away over in the New Testament that really is the germination point of everything you and I know today, everything we experience today, everything we get about church today began with this early group of Christ followers. We watched them we watch them gather together. We watch Jesus go back to heaven. We watch them uh, begin to uh, watch the, the, the day of Pentecost happen. We watch them persecuted and scattered. We watch the early church form. And we watch them called Christians, right, where the name Christian came from as we've walked through Acts. And then we meet this great character named Paul. Paul sort of blazes on the scene as Saul and has an amazing experience with the Lord on the road to Damascus. And now we're watching Paul do his ministry and we're following his journeys through Acts. We found Paul in this series we're calling Upstream, meaning this, the world's moving one direction, but when you begin to follow Christ, you're probably gonna go against the current. If you're not going against the current, it makes you go, okay, what are we not doing? Paul is going against the current. In fact, every town Paul goes in, he goes to the synagogue, he preaches, and people come to faith, and they run him out of town. He goes to synagogue, he preaches, people come to faith, and they run him out of town. This goes on everywhere. And then we find him getting beaten. Then we find him uh, sent out by himself to Athens. Things didn't go great in Athens. And he ends up in Corinth, Acts chapter 18. That's where we left off last week. Paul was discouraged. He wrote a letter to the Corinthians and he said, when I came to you, I was timid and I was trembling. It's really interesting. But in Corinth, the city we find him in now, he meets two people that change his life. Acts chapter 18. Would y'all stand with me today in honor of reading God's word together? If you've got the, if you've got your hard print Bible, have it open to Acts. If you've got it on the app, North Star Church, George in the app store, you may have gotten the note sheet on the way in. If you're watching online, it'll probably be tagging down there at the bottom. Here we go. Acts chapter 18. Luke records it this way in verse one. Then Paul left Athens. This is the part we were in last week. And he went to Corinth. 
There he became acquainted with a Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, who had recently arrived from Italy with his wife Priscilla. They had left Italy when Claudius Caesar deported all Jews from Rome. So they are living in, in Rome. He deports them. Seems like probably the craziest accident in the world. But God knew they were going to be needed somewhere. And as only God and his sovereign plan would do, he moves them to the place they are going to be needed. Verse 3, Paul lived and he worked with them, for they were tent makers, just as he was. So Paul begins to do life with this couple named Priscilla and Aquila. Remember, he's tired, he's discouraged, and God sends him the people. Skip down to verse 18. After his time in Corinth, he set sail for Syria, and he took Priscilla and Aquila with him. In fact, they meant so much to Paul. Paul's like, the next leg of the journey, you guys are going to be on that leg. They stopped first at the port of Ephesus where Paul left the others behind. While he was there, he went to the synagogue to reason with the Jews. They asked him to stay longer, but he declined. As he left, however, he said, I will come back later, God willing. Then he set sail from Ephesus. The next stop was at Caesarea. From there he went up, visited the church at Jerusalem, and he went back to Antioch. After spending some time in Antioch, he went through Galatia, Phrygia, visiting and strengthening all the believers. Meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, an eloquent speaker who knew the scriptures well, had arrived in Ephesus from Alexandria in Egypt. He had been taught the way of the Lord and taught others about Jesus with an enthusiastic spirit and with accuracy. However, he knew only about John's baptism, meaning, so Apollos is this young, up-and-coming, eloquent, sharp, charismatic, but there was still some seasoning that had to happen in Apollos' life. He only knew the baptism of John the Baptist. He didn't understand what else was going on. Look at verse 26. And when Priscilla and Aquila heard him preaching boldly in the synagogue, they took him aside and they explained the way of God even more accurately. We see the frontline people, but we don't always know the backstage people that makes all that happen. That's what we're gonna talk about today. You can be seated. You know, I, I think these, these are the things you, you ponder. Would Paul have been as effective as he was if God hadn't have had Priscilla and Aquila waiting on him in Corinth? I want you to write it right at the top of your outline a little thought. Ready? God gives me what I need exactly when I need it. God's never early, but he's never late. He gives me exactly what I need right when I need it. Priscilla and Aquila show up in the story of Acts and they make the story come together. People that are Priscilla's and Aquila's, they do a few things. If you got a pen or pencil, something to write with this morning, you're thumbing it in your phone. There's three things that they do. Number one, they have the ministry of presence. They have the ministry of presence. Priscilla's and Aquila's don't need words. They become Jesus with skin on, don't they? They're those people that just show up. And they always show up at just the right time. Priscilla's and Aquila's 
don't even know what they're doing. They're just living out the call that God's put in their lives and they, they've been given the ministry of presence. Paul is making tents. That's what he did to make an income. And he just happened to meet Priscilla and Aquila. Yes or no question. Do you think God had them there for Paul? Yes or no? I want you to write a little thought down. Ready? I can always trust God's plan. Would you write that down? I was gonna say write down the word sovereignty and I thought, I'm not even gonna do that to you, all right? And so just write, I can always trust God's plan. He's, he's got it. He's got it. God sees his servant struggling and he uses this amazing couple to walk in his life and to be there. See, Priscilla and Aquila's just infuse something into you. They always make every environment a little better than they found it. But not only do they do the ministry of presence, there's a personal investment. I want you to write a little thought down. They leave deposits in others. Literally, they're the picture of living scent. They leave deposits in other people. They take their lives and leave a little bit of them in everybody that they meet. They don't say it. They don't talk. If you, if you were to find a Priscilla and Aquila, they wouldn't even know that they are that. If you meet people who go, I love being there for other people. I love making investment in other people. They just like talking about themselves, all right? And so Priscilla's and Aquila's, they're not like that. They're just the people that behind the scenes. So here's Apollos, this young man in the faith. He's preaching, but there's things he doesn't understand. And it's really interesting how he said it. When Priscilla and Aquila heard him preaching boldly in the synagogue, look at what it says. They took him where? Help me out again. They took him where? They didn't call him out. They didn't parade him and make a big scene. They used their life and deposited a little bit of extra into him and left Apollos better than they found him. See, Priscilla's and Aquila's always leave others better when they've found them. And number three, Priscilla's and Aquila's always have spiritual depth. They always have spiritual depth. <clears throat> Here's the way I remember that. I want you to write this little thought down. Their roots grow deep. Their roots grow deep. They've seen the winds come. They've seen the storms come. And they were anchored deep. I love it how it says it, that they explain the word of God more accurately. So here's what that means. Priscilla's and Aquila's are always gentle. They're never verbose. They never say too much. See, I know I have pictures of what this couple looks like. When we were planning this series months ago. We were walking through the dates that were coming up in Mother's Day and Priscilla and Aquila fell on Mother's Day. Literally everybody sitting around a circle went, oh, we know who that is. 
And that's the couple I'm going to introduce you to today. 1991, I graduate from Liberty University. I get hired in Kennesaw, Georgia. So I had done my interviews down here and I got hired in Kennesaw. Ann and I were engaged. We were getting married in October. I'm 22. She's 21. We end up in this, this town called, neither of us are from here. I'm from South Atlanta. She's from West Virginia. The very first couple I met when I moved here, the very first couple, they were, she was on the youth search committee and they were the very first couple I met. Little did I know that 30 years later, 31 years later in June, they'd still be walking by, by our sides in ministry. And I want you to meet them today. Many of you know them because they've been huge around the life of North Star. Would y'all give a hand to Mr. Eddie and Miss Ludell Bishop? And Ann's gonna come back up and join me. These are <clears throat> the most special of people. And little did we know when we were moving here, I remember the very first time we drove into Kennesaw, okay, you have to be honest on stage, <laughs> when we drove around the corner in Kennesaw, what happened? No, you can tell, it's okay now, it's confessing. I mean, I cried a little bit, but, <laughs> and I'm from West Virginia, so those <laughs> It's was come a, a long way. It's a little bitty, bitty town back then. We had no idea what God was going to do in our lives through you guys. And more than showing up to be the youth pastors, little, and this is the truth, and anybody who sat with us in an office, we, mar we, we modeled our marriage, our parenting, how we handle things after the two of you. And y'all have, I know, that's right. Don't tell me different, all right? It's, it's going pretty good, it's going pretty good. So do, do this real quick. We know you guys really well. Tell them a little bit about where y'all grew up and about your family. Tell them a little bit about all these pictures. And Eddie, your mustache was really solid back there. It's a very, very nice picture back there. So tell them a little bit about your family and where you guys grew up. Well, we both grew up in South Georgia, Fitzgerald, a small little town, and um, we married at 21, and so then I'll let you take it, because <laughs> you have all the words. That was quick, um, but yeah, Mike, we, we grew up in South Georgia, and um, I know you asked, how, how did you end up in Kennesaw, Georgia? Uh, because if you grow up in the South Georgia small town and all your family's there, you're expected to stay there. You're not expected to move, especially to Atlanta. Um, I tried to tell people, Kennesaw is not really Atlanta, but anything north of Macon is Atlanta. Uh, <laughs> if you live in South Georgia. So uh, I was working with a company down there that uh, was using some laser technology for, for an application. And the actual laser company that had built the lasers was here in Kennesaw. And then we're talking 30 years ago. So that was amazing. Uh, two years into it, they um, offered me a job as production manager. And so 
uh, our children were four, three, and one. That made it even harder to think about moving. But we prayed about it, and we felt like, you know, this is a step that God wanted us to make. Um, little did we know that we would, you know, end up staying here for all of these years. But uh, it's been a blessing, and God has, has honored that. Well, Ludell is one of the best moms I know. Um, but, Eddie, what do you think, since it's Mother's Day, what do you think makes her such a great mom, and how has her faith influenced your children? That's, that's easy for me to answer because um, since early on when the children were small and we would have our uh, devotions and prayer time, uh, she's been, always been our prayer warrior. Uh, we could always look to mom to be our prayer warrior. And she would always say to the kids and to me, love never fails. Because during middle school and high school, there's just days when you need some encouragement for the kids. <laughs> and uh, Mike knows. Uh, but she would always say, love never fails. And it's interesting now that our children are grown. If they have projects they need help with, they call me. If they have prayer needs, they call their mom. <laughs> so I'm thinking, how does this work out? But, uh, but she's always been the prayer warrior. She... Um, all through the years, uh, and we laugh about this too, that um, when I would be asleep at night, sometimes she would be upstairs having those conversations with the middle schooler or the high schooler working through some things till 2 o'clock in the morning and praying with them. And uh, I really appreciate that about her. Well, Ludell, what is, what is a word of encouragement maybe you can give to the moms in the room today? Well, I would think um, when Mike and Ann came, we had prayed for years that God would send a youth pastor and someone that could pour into our kids to take them in the middle school and high school years to another level. And we found, we had other people praying with us, and we just found this group of uh, people that became our friends that had the same values that we had and, and wanted the same, had the same desires to raise their kids in a godly home that knew the Lord. And as they got older, that their faith would be made strong enough to, for them to stand on their own and, and to have that faith grow stronger as, as they grew. And I would say, look for those people. Is, um, and North Star's great at groups and um, great student ministry where you can have people that you can feel are helping you raise your kids. If they're friends with their kids and they're in, in their home, you feel like they're in a safe environment and have the same values. And, and it just makes life so much more enjoyable, fun along the way that you can still have fun with middle schoolers and high schoolers. <laughs> Sometimes you wonder, but... Um, it is. It's a, it's a, I would say, find those people around you that you can grow with and pray with. And um, many of you here, I know, um, I've had so many friends and still do here that we raised our kids together and, and we're still praying for them as adults and while they raise their kids. One of the things I've always appreciated about the two of you, <clears throat> you are Priscilla's and Aquila's in the churches you've served in but you were also that at home. Talk to me a little bit, because Eddie, you were a small business owner during those years. How intentional, and this is to the parents in the room, 
How intentional did you guys have to be about what you wanted your home to look like? Because it'd been great to be all that at church, not be that at home, but you were that at home. Talk to me a little bit about how much y'all thought about that going into it. You know, I think early on, we wanted to start having devotionals. And when they got old enough and we'd say, get your Bibles out and let's, let's read this scripture. And we finally figured out that we needed another step in there. And that step was tell us about your day. Tell us about what's going on in, in your life. Tell us what's going on in your school. And then we would get to the scripture. And I think for the children, it made them realize, well, they're, they're interested in my life also. And so the spiritual aspect would always be added to that, but still we wanted to be part of their lives. Tell us about your friends. Um, it's interesting, uh, our oldest son, Adam, I was having a conversation with him a year or so ago, and we were talking about our nightly devotionals. And of course, they, he was always bringing somebody home to spend the night. And uh, most of the time, these friends did not go to church anywhere, but they still tell him to the day, I enjoyed coming home with you because I knew we were going to get to talk and pray before we went to bed. And so you don't realize the impact that it's having not only on your children, but their friends also. But the other part of it too, being self-employed for those that are know that you, one thing about being self-employed, you, you stay caught up on your prayer life. <laughs> uh, you know, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting dynamic, but we let our children be a part of that. They knew that, um, this big contract's coming up or this is coming up and we would pray over it as a family um, because they knew that God would supply our needs one way or the other. And so they learned that as we um, progress with them. What's it been like? Because how many grandchildren do y'all have now? We have nine. You have nine grandchildren. What's it been like to watch your kids grow up and become that? Because you've got one son that pastors in Montgomery, another son that owns a small business down in Jacksonville, Florida, and your daughter is married to a pastor over in Winder. What's it been like to watch them now living out things that you invested in them? It's, it's been awesome. I mean, it's um, been such um, a great gift, I think, that the Lord has given us to be able to see them and to see them pouring into their children and that it's a priority that they know the Lord and um, just to see that light in their home and the Holy Spirit working. And we just feel so blessed in the season um, to be able to see that. I'm not saying they're all perfect, but in my eyes they are. So. <laughs> <laughs> they're grandkids, but um, it is, it's a joy. It's, um, and you know, I, I'm, proud of them they you know they have their struggles and they but they know who to go to I mean because like we said you know before where else are you going to go and it's just neat to see how God is working in their lives and when and you know they do when they you know their kids are getting older the we have an older set that they the oldest one just turned 15 and just the whole middle school high school and uh, but just to see how that's a time that they can really grow close to them. I think kids really need you more in those middle school and high school years than we think the elementary, but I think that they need you more emotionally, I think, in middle school and high school. But it's just to see them, and that's really when they take off with their 
uh, growth, maturity. And um, so we've enjoyed this season. It's been nice. We learned one of our greatest parenting things from Adam. Share a little bit about that. We, I can remember Adam, he, I think he was still in high school, maybe not, but you know, we're young parents. We're trying to learn all we can. And we're like, what made your mom and dad such great parents? Like, what's the secret? And he was like, they stayed all up in my business. They wanted to know. <laughs> and so that's what we did. We just stayed all up in their business. But that's where those friends come in. Because that's if right. you have that network of friends and you are open, which I always was, and, and they were as well, we worked together because, you know, they, it was, it, they didn't have a problem disciplining them or letting you know when things were going on. So, yeah. And we would help them try to work through things. <laughs> <laughs> what would you guys say to people that are sitting here that, maybe sort of, um, they don't see the value their life could be to somebody else. They don't, they don't see that they could be somebody's Priscilla and Aquila. Well, I'm not, I'm not smart enough or I'm not equipped enough or I don't, I don't know enough. What would be y'all's encouragement to them? Well, you know, I think for me, Mike, is that as I look at my two sons, um, you know, they do things um, different than the, probably the way that I did it. But the one thing I've learned is they do it better mm. because things have changed and life has changed. But the one thing that hasn't changed is love never fails. Mm. And so whatever stage that they're in, um, you know, a lot of times it's easy to try to be a friend to your children. And most of the time they want us, they really want a parent uh, to help them along the way. Um, we were fortunate that we had you and Ann in our children's lives. There's nobody else that's been a greater influence in their lives uh, besides our parents than y'all have been. And still to this day, I know our son probably calls you too much uh, asking for advice, but, but um, no, I would just say that it doesn't have to be complicated. Mm. You know, and I, I said in the earlier service that spending time with the family and the children uh, with no regrets, you know, I said that we took a lot of trips that we probably couldn't afford, um, but I, I don't have any regrets with that because it was family time and well spent together. Mm. So we met at Ian Ludell in 1991 when we moved here. We were 22 and 21. We knew a lot, though. We were very mature, right? And so we knew a lot moving here, meet Eddie and Ludell. All their kids ended up coming through the youth group. They were youth workers there a couple years in. God calls us to North Star. We plant North Star. And soon thereafter, a year or two later, Eddie and Ludell ended up coming. Ludell became my assistant almost 20 years ago. Eddie ended up working on staff with us. And this is the truth. Outside my mom and dad and Ann's mom and dad, they were the two biggest influences in our lives, literally. <clears throat> and we were talking about this. We had never spent a day in our adult life, Eddie and Ludell weren't in it. And so it's, night, it's uh, 2017, I lose dad in February, I lose mom in May. And then it was that fall, we got through it that fall. I'm walking down the hall, going to lunch, and Ludell goes, we need to talk to you in my office. And I'm like, I know where this is going. I'm like, no, we don't. All right, we do not need to talk. She's like, no, we need to talk to her. And Eddie's sitting in there. 
and they were telling me they were moving to Winder, Georgia to be near Jason, their son-in-law, and Nan, and their grandkids. And we all cried, and it was like I had lost a parent. That's how I felt. And uh, I'll be honest, this sounds terrible to admit, but I got home and I told Ann, God has royally screwed this up, all right? He is royally, I don't know what he's doing. If I've ever needed Eddie and Ludell, I need them right now. It was in 2017. As an adult man, they had been through everything I had ever been through and walked right beside me. So Eddie and Ludell moved to Winder. Mary Michael's a junior, sophomore, junior at Liberty. Then in 2019, she graduates and she moves to Gwinnett County. And lo and behold, who does Mary Michael live near? Eddie and Ludell. Now here's my precious daughter at the beginning of her ministry. And now she gets to watch up close and personal how to do it right. What does it mean to you, Ann, to know our daughter, who we don't get to see all the time, is with them? Yeah, well, um, it's just a reminder above all else. I mean, besides the encouragement and the love that she gets from Ludell, she has lunch with her every other week, and she comes away with that comes away from that every single time feeling loved and encouraged but it's the reminder that um, God will take care of things if we allow him to Um, it wouldn't have been my choice for her to be up there um, but it was his choice and he's going to take care of it and sometimes I want to go ahead of him and take care of things myself but he's going to take care of it and he did in the best way possible and to know that Eddie and Ludell are there for Jen and Mary Michael at their age, just like they were there for us. And they go out every two weeks. Mary Michael is yet to offer to pay, which is seeming like a a standing deal going on. And I want to say this, and I think so many times in our lives, Dr. Gerald Harris is here today. He's pastored many, many years here in Georgia. So many times in life, we never get to tell the people who mean the most what they mean till after they're gone. I want the two of you to know that we would not be standing after 30 years of marriage and ministry like we are if it hadn't been for Priscilla and Aquila. And I don't know why God brought you to Kennesaw, but I sure am glad he did. Because when he showed up, our kids are better kids because of it. And you've deposited yourself in generations of students, in generations of men, in generations of ladies, that only eternity will tell the difference you've made. And we love you guys from the bottom of my heart. And Ann and I will be eternally 
grateful to the two of you for the difference you've made to us. Would y'all join me today and thank Eddie and Ludell for the difference they made. Would y'all stay standing? I want you to look at me real quick. <clears throat> Somebody needs you to be Priscilla and Aquila for them. And God's equipped you. Sometimes it's not words. It's just you're there. I don't know how many times I've sat with Eddie and we probably didn't say a word. But he knew what I was going through. And he was just there. We wouldn't be here in life without those backstory people. I want you to look at me. Those people for you are probably in this building if you'll open yourself up to it. Through groups. God sent somebody for you to be that for. Ladies and gentlemen, Paul ended up being the guy of the New Testament outside Christ. But I don't know if he'd have made it without Priscilla and Aquila right when he, right when he got them. My prayer is that we leave this world depositing ourselves into somebody else. You will never find what you aren't choosing to become. You're not gonna find a Priscilla and Aquila till you choose to be one for somebody else. Would you pray with me? Father, I could sit for hours on this stage and talk about these two. But it's not just them. There's people all over this room that were there in Ann and I's lives right when we needed them. And when people ask you, how have you made it? I just point to them. I made it because of them. The faithfulness of Christ. Father, my prayer over our body here at North Star, in a world that's drifting, in a world of blurred lines, in a world that's seeking, that God, that they would see Christ in us. Maybe the greatest way we reach them is by becoming Priscilla's and Aquila's when they don't have anybody else. So God, I pray over this body. God, I pray that we would be a church driven to see the story of Christ told. And God, I pray that we would be a church like Jesus prayed for in John 17 that's driven with one heart and one mind and unified in our call. God, may we find those 
And today, may we be those Priscilla's and Aquila's that people need. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen.